0: Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy!
1: That's my girl, Catherine laughed against Marion's throat, letting her lips drag a few scant inches across Marion's skin. Marion's eyes fluttered closed as she tilted her head back in an unconscious plea for more. Catherine did not disappoint. She kissed with short, dry presses of her lips across Marion's throat, up to the hinge of her jaw and back to the shell of her ear. Catherine pressed up on her toes, bringing their chests even more tightly together. Marion's breasts ached and her cheeks burned with the knowledge of how quickly she was becoming wanton.
0: Oh, hey, Claire. Yes? That was uh, a saucy passage you got there. It
1: was a saucy passage. But
0: I feel like we should do the podcast. Wait,
1: wait, wait. We have a podcast?
0: We do! Oh my god! (laughs) <laughs> is this a surprise to you?
1: Well, welcome to 2020.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Neil.
1: And I'm Claire. And
0: this is FMK Lit.
1: Where we read two romance novels. A straight
0: one and a queer one.
1: And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. Yeah,
0: and I feel like we haven't said this in a while. We only talk about them for the very first time whilst recording.
1: That is correct. Yes. We don't say that enough. We, we don't. Yeah. We should yes. say that. Yeah, I, yeah. We, Neil and I... We'll look at each other in the face when we see each other and go. I want to talk about this book with you. So many things. Every once in a while, we'll text each other with like just like an OMG or something, mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. other one knows. And the other one we, knows. Know. Yep. we know. We yep. know.
0: Yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so many spoilers. All of them. All we don't. We don't care. If you, <laughs> if you want to read, if you don't like being spoiled, just stop the podcast. That's the nice thing about the future. Uh, You can pause, go get the book, read it, Mm -hmm. come back, and be in on the game. Or just figure out what we're trying to get across by what we say.
0: (laughs) Sometimes I don't even know what we're trying to get across. Good luck
1: to you, my friends. Good luck.
0: luck. Claire, yes, you picked the, the books this time. I didn't
1: pick the books this time. What did we read? Okay, well, we were we were talking about American girls in England.
0: Uh huh. Is where uh-huh. we are, and
1: we read "How to Talk to Nice Nice English Girls," a lesbian historical romance by Gretchen Evans, mm-hmm. and "Across the Formidable Sea," Laura Elliot Stratford, Book One, um, which is actually uh, by Claire Lam Lamlin lem i put too many l's in that one um (laughs) she's she seems nice l-a-m-i-n-e-n laminin laminin yeah there we go sure good job claire
0: good job claire
1: both myself and that claire
0: so the theme was
1: oh uh, american girls in england
0: american girls in england in the 20s. In
1: the 20s! I'm
0: really excited for how I'm going to figure out how to do the name of this episode, because American Girls in England in the 20s won't fit on most phones.
1: Oh, yeah. I think you could just say, like... Uh American girls in the UK or in England or something. Oh God, no, too long. right, Jesus. Anyway, what is my theme? But f- dumbass theme. <laughs> but first,
0: Claire. Yes. What's got you hot and bothered?
1: Oh my God! Um, the end of the world.
0: Is it soon? No, I don't know. Oh, okay,
1: but I will say, um, over the holiday, I watched an awful lot of Netflix, mm-hmm. and one of the things I was super into watching was the toys that made us.
0: Oh, America- I've.
1: The My I Little think Pony one. Seen... Oh, yeah. I was yeah. just like, the whole time I was like, I had that one. I had that one. Oh my God, I love that one. I feel the same way about that one. Like, Matt was like enthralled. He was looking at me like, Who are you? <laughs> Apparently, y'all, I had a shit ton of My Little Ponies.
0: Yeah, fair. Just, just saying. I was, I, I loved the cartoon. I, but I somehow knew not to ask for the toys.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Being gay is weird.
1: Indeed. I would say, so, um, but anyway, so as we're watching this, like, all I kept thinking was, like, that's a shit ton of plastic. Yeah? That is a shit ton of plastic. And then I started to watch another Netflix series called Broken, which is pretty much should be called Yo, There's a Shit Ton of Plastic. (laughs) But instead of feeling good and nostalgic about it, it's, like, punch you in the face about it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And mostly, as I was sitting there thinking about the inevitability of the fate uh, that we have, um, you know, prescribed for ourselves, um, I'm also like, what does Claire do? And in general, I don't know. So I went on Amazon and I bought more canvas bags for shopping. Okay. It solves no problems. They're all from China. They had to come across the sea. Mm Mm-hmm. And they came in plastic bags. Did
0: you get Prime Delivery?
1: Yes. So
0: somebody was underpaid to yeah, rush it, that out to you? Yeah, a
1: lot think. of slavery happened for me to get those bags. <sighs> Neil? Yeah? How do you be a good person? You can't. I it's wanted... not
0: about being a good person. It's about trying hard to be the best person you can be.
1: Well, I'm not trying hard enough. Okay. And it's sad. I don't... I Anyway... So I'm just bothered. I'm not hot. The world is hot. Because I'm not bothered enough. I
0: saw I didn't have time to actually read the article, but I saw a headline that someone has figured out like how many trees you need we need to plant and where to plant them to help start reversing climate change. It's like three billion. Yeah, it's a lot, and it's never gonna happen. But it's nice that we we have a solution like a, a very concrete solution as opposed to like yeah you could not use plastic bags but then the way to go about getting the replacement for those plastic bags does it outweigh the cost of you know whatever
1: um on and
0: hey who doesn't want more trees
1: it's true on the upside i have figured out how to stop uh the machinery of you know like capitalism capitalism as it's coming towards me if it was literally coming to me in the form of a tank mm-hmm. um you take all of those plastic bags like, Just throw them in the treads. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that it, it 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 gets up. It's caught in the spokes and it stops it from being able to move. Great. So anyway, they can be used as weapons. <laughs> Ho- hooray! <laughs> That's where we are. Anyway, Neil. Oh no. What's got you hot and bothered? Um. Oh,
0: it's kind of similar. It's sort of um. Mm-hmm.
1: Our plastic self discretion. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, no. It's it's okay. So. What's got me hot and bothered is this show that Christine told us about. (gasps)
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: The Repair Shop.
1: Uh Uh-huh. It's the best. (laughs) Oh, God, it's so good. Welcome to our Netflix review show. (laughs) Exclusively about Repair Shop.
0: Yep. It's a BBC show, and it's about um, restoration experts who work at a living museum, and people bring in their family heirlooms, what have you, and the restorers restore them and then give them back to the person. So the main guy, Jay Blades, in his intro for the show is like, hey, we're, we've become part of this throwaway culture, but with just like a little bit of work, we don't have to throw things away. And so it's about the idea of like, oh, here's this thing. And I mean, a lot for a lot of people, these things are priceless and irreplaceable. So why would you just throw it away? But it can be extended to other things in our lives. Anyway, it's a really great show. Um, the The workshop is like in in a little building with a thatched a thatched roof, and the the various restorers, like they you know they razz each other, and it's really sweet. And you get to see the story behind the item because the person bringing in is like, oh, here's the story behind it. You get to see them restore it, which I always find interesting. Like. Part of me likes to believe in an alternate life that I would have been, like, a a painting restorer, just because it looks... Even though it looks so tedious, it just looks so very interesting to me, just, like, matching colors and doing the... Little, anyway, so you watch that whole process, and the people sort of, like, talk us through it. And then you get to see the people's reactions when they get the thing back, and it's, like, happy, ugly crying on my couch all the time. Like... This is how I pitch people on it. In the first episode, there's a woman who brings in a clock that her dead, f- her blind father made <laughs> that stopped working the day that he died 15 years ago. And the, it used to chime, this very specific chime, and like that's what she really remembered was the chime of this clock. And so she brings it in, and it's just like, I don't even care if it keeps time. I just want it to make the chime. And so you see them sort of restoring it, and it's a decent-sized clock. It's, like, a few feet tall, at least. Um, and so we see them restore it, and the the clock guy has to sort of, like, look at the me- mechanisms to figure out what the chime is, like, so that he can recreate it, the you know, properly, and blah, blah, blah. And then we get to, they, you know, they, the woman comes back, they unveil the curtain. You know, they take the the fabric off and she's like, oh, it looks so beautiful. But does it chime? And so they make it chime and you see on her face. At the same time, you see all of these memories flooding back. And you also see that she had in her heart accepted that she was never going to hear this sound ever again. And now she's hearing it. Oh, my God. I just like ugly cry on my couch all the time. And that's just like. One of what, like three things in that episode? Oh, God, it's such a good show. It's so lovely and so wonderful. And some of the things that people bring in, it's just like dumb little stuff, but it's just like, it means so much to them for so many reasons, and it's so beautiful. And
1: also, like, they never talk about the monetary value of it.
0: Never, (laughs) never once. Every once
1: in a while, they will say, like, that this does have high monetary value, or this is a valuable thing, but they never say how much, or they never say what it could get at market, Mm -hmm. or they never say any of that, it's just that this is... and, And that... Whether or not it's true that the people who are getting back their valued possession are happy to have it for, like, either the next generation Mm -hmm. or because it was always a part of their lives and they're happy to have it back in their lives. Um, And even if it's not, like, an emotional thing, like, one of them was, like, a hay baler that... That they just... That the living museum itself had. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. just fixing it for the living museum. And she was just like, yeah, I think it'd be interesting for the kids to get back. And they just cleaned it up and fixed it. And then they bailed some hay. And and the lady came back. She's like, oh, hooray.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> how that works. Very interesting. Bravo. Yeah. it's So the repair shop, it's on Netflix. It's amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. It
1: is very, very good.
0: Uh But... Uh-huh. Speaking of the UK... Let's us as American girls go over there in the 20s.
1: (laughs) Let's go over there! All right, let's get started. The first book we're going to talk about is How to Talk to Nice English Girls, a Lesbian Historical Romance by Gretchen Evans. In the aftermath of the Great War, everything is changing, but not for Marion Fielding. Marion's life is quiet and predictable, and in the solitude of the English countryside where she plans to remain, But Marion's world is turned upside down when she meets a brash, confident Catherine Fuller. Catherine arrives at the Fielding's family estate for a wedding of Marion's sister and immediately shakes things up. Instead of keeping the ill-mannered American girl out of trouble, Marion finds herself magnetically drawn to Catherine's vivacious nature, and they are swept into a whirlwind of romance that will change both of their lives. Catherine's unconventional behavior and the pull of Marion's old life threaten to Uh, threaten their chance at happiness together but these two women from different worlds will find a way to be together against all odds and expectations how to talk to nice girls is a steamy historical romance and a standalone novel with plenty of heat and definite hea so neil Mm -hmm. that's what that book says it's yeah what is that book about
0: um mostly that that's mostly accurate i feel no i feel there is definite heat
1: there is definite heat. I, and I also appreciate sometimes books don't say it's H-E-A. And mm-hmm. honestly, I kind of wish that some of them did. Because I'm like, oh, I think you're a romance. But actually, I'm not really sure. <laughs> and I want to know. Yeah. Because that's why I'm buying this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just for the podcast.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, Marion is uh, a member of the, the Land of Gentry. Mm-hmm. just after the Great War um, and her sister is getting married, her older sister Cecilia and around that time as they're preparing for the wedding um, her father has an American potential business partner coming over because they're going to set up um, factories in somewhere.
1: Some small town close by.
0: Yeah. Um, and Marion's like, that's not super great an idea. And then she finds out that the new brother-in-law is going to be taking over the business. And she's like, it's a terrible idea. He has no business,
1: <laughs> business
0: no. experience whatsoever.
1: Right, but she keeps all this to herself.
0: She keeps all this to herself because she knows that nobody's going to right. listen to her anyway. The
1: sister is super pissed that dad's doing any sort of business dealings at her wedding. She's like, how dare he? It's
0: my wedding! Right, which he actually isn't it's just like oh the like he's doing the business stuff after the wedding or like leading up to and after yeah
1: but she so definitely be at the wedding want these gauche Americans these gauche the
0: Americans especially because the 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 daughter Catherine has a bit of a reputation
1: very much so
0: and um Marion is uh very smart mm-hmm. Um and basically has resigned herself to the fact that she's going to basically take over the manor house. And, like, run it f- for her mother when her mom doesn't want to or isn't capable of anymore. Right. Because Cecilia's gonna get married and go move in with her husband. la Da. da um, And she's basically just like, yeah, the world's changing. I probably won't be living here the rest of my life because all the rich people we know are going broke. So I guess I'll just hang out here until I need to figure something else out.
1: Yeah, and there's a definitely a sense at the very, very beginning of the book that she acknowledges at some point she may have to get married. But she doesn't look yeah. to that. And she's not no. thinking about it. And she's not searching it out. No. shes It's not a high priority for her. And I feel like there is a little bit of an inkling in her. It's like, well, if I die a spinster, I guess that's what will happen.
0: Yeah. She's like, eh, whatever. It's, right. There are worse things to, ha- to happen to a person. Um, And the whole time she's just like, oh, my God, this wedding is so expensive. And we don't have as much money as people think we do. What are you doing? Yep. Anyway, so then the Americans show up uh Catherine is she has the bob she has the slim dresses she is
1: 1920s roaring 20s mm-hmm. like flappered out at times because
0: they're from new york right yeah they are yeah. From new
1: york. she talks about jazz she
0: talks about jazz she talks about new york clubs mm-hmm. all the time she smokes cigarettes she drinks liquor she
1: she sometimes wears trousers
0: oh um and so, basically, they're like, okay, Marion, we're expecting you to, like, keep an eye on Catherine and sort of, like, you know, maybe you'll rub off on her and she can, like, not be such a, you know, such a girl about town, such a harlot. She's like, Ugh, I guess. Okay. So then they meet, and Marion's basically like, you're an interesting person. We're you don't seem quite so scandalous. Like, you're a little scandalous, but not nearly so scandalous as I was led to believe you were.
1: One of my favorite things is, like, uh, she has red lipstick. Is that what people thought was scandalous? Like, uh, I don't uh, understand. I (laughs) I guess her dress is a little bit more low-cut than
0: Yeah, and, like, kind of shorter, and, like, a little more form-fitting. But but she's nice. But, like, that's what young girls here are wearing. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that fashion trend has made its way over here now, so I don't see what the And then basically we just find out that Catherine Catherine's ch- flaw is that she's impulsive and indiscreet. Yes. She just she doesn't know when to not talk and she doesn't know when to not say something. Yep. And that that is what gets her into trouble. Um and there's a lot of like back and forth of them sort of getting to know each other and them like they're their relation their them as people sort of causing friction and then eventually uh catherine confesses to marion that um she got kicked out of her school not for like you know drinking not for anything crazy it's that like she started a relationship with this girl and they got caught in the act and that's why she got kicked out And by this point, Marion's like, I'm so attracted to her, I oh. guess. I don't know. Oh, like, man. This, this book, more than anything, is about Marion through her experiences with Catherine. It's, Catherine doesn't change her. It's her discovering herself mm-hmm. and what she wants.
1: Yep. I <clears throat> One of the things I really liked is there wasn't ever a moment where she's like, oh, my God, am I attracted to girls? There was definitely she's like. Oh no, that's what this feeling is. I've always had this feeling for ladies. Mm-hmm. But since I've never been attracted to men, but I was mm-hmm. told I was supposed to, mm-hmm. I just assumed sooner or later I'd feel that. Right. Turns out I will not.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> and there's a point too where like she'd been she'd been kissed by men before right. a couple times and she's like and it wasn't bad. It just like didn't do anything for me. And I guess and she just assumed that that's what it was like until She, met Catherine. she's like, and th- when they kiss. And she's like, oh, no, that's what it's right. supposed to be like. Um, so, yeah, I oh, I really like this book. I
1: really yeah, um, did, too.
0: And this helped me discover. So for a very long time, I was like, oh, I just don't care about romance stories. And I discovered, reading this book, I or not discovered, but realized about myself, that's not true. I just am really drawn to a very specific type. Of romance story, and um, this book reminded me in a lot of ways of Sarah Waters, who's one of my favorite authors. She wrote um, the Night Watch, um, the I think it's the paying guest, the Tipping the Velvet. She's she's a lesbian writer and yeah. writes historical queer female. There's always a romantic element, but then there's always something else going on too. Um, and And her stories are like this story in that it's not about the like the sudden realization or the sweeping emotions or anything like that. It's just the very quiet, gradual realization that absolutely everything has changed. And that I really like. Like, it's instead of the 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 proclamation on the mountaintop or the, like, the rash act that we see in a lot of our things about, like, the, the very big emotions that they can't contain. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's these are very big emotions that they struggle so much to contain. And because it's so quiet and because it's so unspoken, it's just as life shattering. And I really liked that. Um...
1: Well, yeah. I mean, this book reminded me a lot of E.M. Forrester.
0: For, mm, yeah. 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 For the same reasons, like so, it so, takes
1: place at the same time period. It's also, I mean, like E.M. Forrester also also had uh, what it was Maurice, mm-hmm. and which is felt very very yeah. similar in so many ways. And um, but quiet English romances mm-hmm. that are earnest and longing, but mm-hmm. also aren't yeah they aren't loud like they shake the people to the core yes without like them screaming all the time Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and something that i really loved about this book too is that it's so catherine is impulsive and indiscreet and marion's like okay that needs to change but like I don't want to change her as a person. And it's, there's a quote, I I, like was like, I want to read these quotes because I really enjoy them. Also, a lot of this book I highlighted with the note, like, lovely or nice, or just like some of the language is absolutely amazing. So there's a passage, the same impulsivity that led Catherine to smile up at her mischievously also led to the drinking and the talking out of turn. They could work together to tame it somewhat. Never completely, though. She would not see Catherine broken and cowed. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not trying to change you as a person. My love isn't going to fix you. It's just like, we, you just need to learn a little bit how to behave just like ever so slightly differently for both of us. Yes. Yeah.
1: There was a. And it's not like. I, 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 it's there so was lovely. a party late in the book where um, Catherine gets absolutely wasted. Mhm. And she's she says it several times in other places too, but like and that you can see that it's a little bit of a problem, but it's mostly because she's already an impulsive person who already has control self-control problems and she on booze has no control. None. And like all impulsivity is at the window and and so she gets too drunk at this party and um, Marion has to say to her get drunk drink if you want to but you don't have to do this anymore there is somebody now in that room who cares for you there is somebody in that room you can go to that you don't have to hide from there is something in that room that can keep your mind going and that I thought that was me and like that was it was just so sweet and honest and mm-hmm. it's like I'm not trying to make you not be that. Like all those things attract me to you. And it was just, it was great. Mm -hmm. But also Catherine was the same thing to her. She's like, you don't have to be a loud person. You don't have to be brash. Mm -hmm. I know you already are those things in your own quiet way Mm -hmm. that you already feel that. And you already are larger than life, but you need to take responsibility for your life. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just let everybody else control these things. Mm-hmm. You are a smart person. You, when something happens, you need to say something. Mm-hmm. And and like that was that was great.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a bit towards the end after they've gotten together, and we see the dénouement, and they're sort of like starting to fool around. And by now, of course, they know what the other likes. And so in the narrative, Marion's like, oh, I hope she does this. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do this. And she, like, indicates that non-verbally to Catherine. Like, this is what I want you to do. And Catherine just sort of teases her. And it's like, you have to ask with words. And it's not Catherine saying, tell me what you want. Or like, tell me you want this or whatever, whatever. It's like, you have to tell me, like, you have to speak up for yourself to communicate to me what you want. And then it also says later in that same section, they've been together for several years that like, you know, Catherine comes home and Marion's just like, oh, and just starts kissing her. And like, she never would have initiated to begin with. But because they've been together, like, Catherine's learned to be a bit more discreet and Marion's learned to stand up for herself more. Oh, it was so lovely.
1: Yeah, oh. no, it really was. And like, there was other things that were also just as lovely without being overt. Like, um, it's obvious the butler is also queer. Oh my God, yes. And that he recognizes that in her, mm-hmm. but he's just sort of gently her ally. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna be here for you, and and so and that's obvious that they're friendly, right? And then the more she realizes who she is, right. She starts looking around, is like. Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh. Oh, yeah. So, the right when they get to the point where they realize that they're attracted to each other, Marion's father and then Catherine and her father are hiking over to where they're going to be setting up the factories. And um, Catherine writes Marion a letter through the butler Daniels that's basically like, I I didn't want you to tell me that you loved me I didn't want to tell you that I loved you because it was just so like impulsive but now that I'm gone and you've had time to think about it if you want us to make a go of this come to wherever I am and you can trust Daniels he's a friend yes and it's like because he's a big old mo (laughs) yeah and then Marion's like oh is he oh
1: oh oh and Daniels is pretty much looking down at her going "Mm mm-hmm
0: hmm Also, we discover that Catherine's dad also doesn't care. Right. That um, that it, it's not that he was upset that she is queer. It's like, oh, she found out, so now I have to, like, put up the front. And so, like, I have to take her out of the school. She got kicked out of the school. Right. And then there's this really lovely moment where he sort of picks up on what's going on between them. And he, like, pulls Marion aside and is like... I know that you want to take care of her, but she needs to take care of you too. And yeah. sometimes she needs a reminding of that.
1: Yep. It's just like, oh God, this book. Oh Yeah, that was Oh, so lovely. That was a oh that was a genuinely lovely moment. Yeah. And not only that that I think like that was something that Catherine learned about her father through Marion, was that even though she understood that he was, you know, more progressive than other fathers mm-hmm. were that through this, she also realized he wasn't going to abandon her. Yeah. And that that was important. Um, and Marion's parents, like, it was way more gray. But it was also sort of, you got the feeling that they were like, yeah, we were wondering when you were going to come around. Yeah, realizing yeah. that that was what it, this all was about. We kind of hoped you just spinster it out. But, you know, whatever. Yeah,
0: whatever. But then we, <laughs> we had the scene, which you see in a lot of books, written before that take place in this in this time period or before, where she's with the sister walking around her sister's new garden or whatever. And the sister's like, recently married, they're back from the honeymoon, and she's like, but don't you want all this? Don't you want to be happy? Because, you know, for her, this is the only way someone could possibly be happy. And then um, Marion has this moment, because, you know, Cecilia had just planted a garden and she's like, whatever, whatever grows in this garden wouldn't even match all the flowers that Catherine had drawn for her. And it was because Catherine would, like, draw roses mm-hmm. and things for her. And it was just like, she's like, oh, no, I realize now that you said that, there are other ways to be happy, and I know what that is, and I'm going to go do that. Bye! Yep. Oh, uh, it was so nice. Something I will say um, about this book is once they get together, the rest of the book is just, like, them being together. Like, nothing else really happens, and there's another, like, I don't know, 20% of the book left, and I got the sense that the writer was like, oh, now that they're together, I can't stand to do anything else to them, Yeah, and I feel the narrative suffered a little bit because yeah, of that. I
1: almost kind of wish it just went ahead and ended
0: yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: but i did like the denouement where it's like what their lives look like and it's just like it's a struggle because they don't have money yeah but they're doing it
0: they're doing it they're they're they it they've they've run off together they have a flat in london and they're yeah. just like being gal pals quote but yeah i yeah
1: they're figuring it out <laughs> they're
0: figuring out but yeah it's just like i th- something again, comparing this to Sarah Waters, is Sarah Waters' books, the love is so very quiet like this, but then at the same time, there's stuff happening on the outside, like externally that helps to raise the stakes and like keeps the tension up. Yep. Even after, and sometimes it's not until after the women finally get together that shit kicks off. And then it's them sort of figuring that out. Yep. So I wish that that had been true more... Of this book,
1: yeah, I agree. And like, even seeing like just that that moment where they decided to live together and what that was like, mm-hmm. and, Or like moving away from parents, but uh, everything to that, like, yeah, once they got in that hotel and they were just gonna be together, it was like, oh, okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just now time for lots of sexy times, um, <laughs> which is what we did. Mm-hmm. And those sexy times were sexy. They, ooh, yeah, they were. They were. Uh, and and like I felt honest, like they mm-hmm. weren't like overtly pornographic in the early ones when Marion was a virgin in so many ways, mm-hmm. um, and like how much they also really wanted to be together, yeah, and even Marion taking risks to do that,
0: yeah. And um, of course, I love the scene where they they sneak out to go listen to the jazz in the, the village, barn party. yeah, and. Catherine's in trousers. And,
1: and Marion's in an exceedingly tight dress.
0: An exceedingly tight and like very overdressed dress.
1: Right. And she constantly needs people
0: to help her get dressed and undressed, because that's what all of her how all of her clothes were made. Yeah. She can't undress by herself. No, nope, no. Nope. So there's stuff about like, oh, Catherine's basically passed out, but she still needs help getting out of her own dress so that they can pretend like they didn't leave and oh god
1: there was it was a very funny scene she's like i know no, you have to take off your shoes at least take <laughs> off your shoes at least and she's like you take off my shoes no it's fucking just <laughs> and then she goes back to her own room and she's like i am also too drunk to take off my own clothes <laughs> and marion's like oh my god am i gonna have to rip this dress off and then her maid comes in and just like real quick and quiet takes off her dress yeah then, like, oh the again. maid
0: totally knew too oh god yeah yeah um, I'd also like to read a little bit from the, about the author section. Gretchen Evans is a married bisexual cis woman living in North Carolina. Great. Yep. Great. It's like, okay, these are things that we often have questions about and here we are. And then also, um, though she's been writing fan fiction for more than a decade, how to talk to nice English girls is her first original work. And honestly, like, that scans, job. that scans.
1: I mean, I, I can feel like the, I can feel like the fanfic quality again, mm-hmm. Ian Forrester. Yeah, I like, But, honestly, I thought it was well done.
0: Her language is... Like, her prose is... Parts of it are just so beautiful. It was.
1: And it was, like... It was exactly the tone I wanted from this theme. Mm -hmm. Which was, like, Mm -hmm. this quiet English countryside feel. This post-war, like, Mm -hmm. art deco sort of Mm -hmm. sense. And, like... um, The
0: American comes in and shakes things up with her jazz and her bobbed hair and her red lipstick.
1: Exactly! Mm -hmm. No, and it was... Beautiful. It felt luscious at times. There was one of the early scenes when they're just getting together. They're not even together yet. They're just talking. And they're out in the garden and in the grass. And, and like Catherine's just sprawled out in the grass. And she's like, no, come sit next to me. And Marion just kicks off her shoes and does it without thinking. And then when mm-hmm. she gets down, she's like, I have literally never done this before. <laughs> and I would never do it. But her lips are so pretty. <laughs> and then she's like oh why am i thinking that Ooh, oh
0: i hmm and
1: then and and then katherine looks over to her and smiles and is like i know you <laughs> and it's like oh and it's just like that. oh yeah simple, Catherine clocks
0: her right away oh, right She's away like oh yeah I, you know i'm always getting into trouble could you help me find some trouble
1: how can we get like, into trouble around it's like no my job is to keep you out of trouble and katherine's like no no let's get into trouble wink 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 and marion's like Um, is there something wrong with your (laughs) (laughs) eye? And then she's thinking in her head, like, I'm not going to tell her that, um, she really needs to stay out of trouble because I want her to stay close to the house so we can maybe make out. (gasps) I thought that in my head.
0: Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's what she meant by trouble. I
1: get it. Oh, it was adorable and lovely. I like this book very, very much. I mean, I I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. All right. That was that book. That was that book.
0: Across the formidable sea. Laura Elliott's Stratford Book One by Claire M. Lemonin The death of her beloved father changes Laura Elliott's life irrevocably. The spirited young American has barely begun to recover from her loss when her mother remarries to a British Earl. The two of them are whisked across the Atlantic to the great expanses of Coventry, where Laura finds herself adrift in high society, unable to fit in and lonelier than she's ever been. Then... Two new people enter her life and turn her world on its ear. Her stepfather's new accountant, the handsome and accomplished Graham, shows her the kindness she has been missing since arriving in England. But Sarah Byrne, a modern young woman from the toughest part of Birmingham and youngest sister of its notorious crime family, has intentions of pulling Laura in an entirely different direction. As Laura manages her new friendships, she finds herself faced with the questions that plague 20-year-olds in every era. Who she is, what home means to her, and what the consequences of her choices will be. I have to say, sorry, I just have to interject. This is my first time reading this description. It sounds like she has to decide between falling in love with Graham or falling in love with Sarah. And that's not what it is. And that makes me angry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. That is. I mean, she does have to choose between two people. Yes. But it's not Sarah.
0: It's not Sarah. Um, So Claire, tell us what
1: happens. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 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 First of all, this makes it sound like she just moved to England. No. She's been in England for 10 years now?
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: And um, ah, there was numerous times I had to shout at the book, get the fuck over it already. Get the fuck over it already. I was so upset. I was like, come on, girl. What I did appreciate was like, as far as a character's arc goes, Mm -hmm. and now... It's hard because a lot of times we say like, oh, unlikable main characters, Mm -hmm. because she stays in the unlikable zone on purpose for a long time. Yeah. And the author obviously intended it that way, that she is being childish, that she is being stubborn, that she isn't thinking out these choices well enough, and that she is being sulky without reason. Mm -hmm. And so like the author's like, yeah, no, this girl's a mess. (laughs) The thing is,
0: for for a lot of the books, she actually is very uh self-aware she's very um she notices things very what's that word not
1: uh, i I don't know i don't know you just notice perceptive
0: there we go she's very perceptive except when it comes to her relationship with her mother and her stepfather yeah like everything else in the world she thinks on her feet she's able to figure her shit out but then she just decides that I can understand at the beginning that she's like throwing tantrums with her mother and her stepfather, but it's ten years later, and her stepfather is the nicest guy. Oh, he
1: is exceedingly all, nice. All
0: he wants is for her to feel welcome in his home. Yep. He's not even trying to replace her dead father. Nope. He and just he never
1: wants says her, that kind of stuff. No,
0: anything. never once. He just wants her to feel welcomed and loved. Yep. But she refuses. She categorically refuses. She literally
1: refuses. Yes.
0: And her mother is difficult.
1: Oh, no. Her mother's a straight up bitch. We find out at the end. But, but then
0: her mother just flat out says, like, we, I, my responsibility is to support us. And I can't do that alone. So I'm getting married. Right. And Laura doesn't forgive her. No. Until towards the end of the book. Right. In a actually very interesting moment that kind of does pay off.
1: Agreed. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So things that I loved about this book. One, this was our first real love triangle mm-hmm. and let me tell you what i love a love triangle
0: so i have i hate most love triangles because there's one guy is always the obvious choice right it's always like the nice guy and the garbage bad boy right both of these guys what like and 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 I the writers really good about like oh no obviously she needs to be with this one and then something happens it's like no no no, she's got to be with the other one and each of those things is progressively like higher stakes Yes So I understood her trying to decide between the two Yes and it was hard I it was The whole book I was just like I was flip flopping all the time um, same. I couldn't decide who she should have been with
1: Same that is such a good <laughs> love triangle yes
0: it was done very well
1: very well and it's like two obvious different lives even mm-hmm. and you don't know which life mm-hmm. she should be in oh that yeah. was mwah. Yeah. mwah and I think
0: to this so she was born Laura Elliot mm-hmm. and then when her mother remarried she kept her father's name but then took her stepfather's name so her, Laura, her name is Laura Elliot Stratford and she thinks of herself as Laura Elliot and Laura Stratford. Yes. She thinks of herself as these two very different people and both have pros and cons. And then she sees one love choice as what Str- Laura Stratford would do and one love choice is what Laura Elliott would do. Yes. And she, she's aware enough to be like, this is how I'm feeling and like this is how I'm choosing to understand this conflict within yes. myself. And it felt so grounded in what was happening in the book. Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. No, okay. So very quick sum up. Um, Laura's living in the Duke's house. They are not a family who's having money troubles in this post war England. They are fine.
0: They know people who are.
1: Yeah. But but they they, are not. It's not them. They're fine. Um, Mm -hmm. she has a stepbrother now Uh who's younger and she loves dearly. Mm -hmm. Um, and is also sort of his primary, like, tutor. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, half-brother, half-tutor, whatever. No, she's a full tutor. (laughs) For her (laughs) half-brother. Um, so um uh her family she like her family recognizes that she maybe needs to get married sooner or later so mm-hmm. they're trying to hook her up with people and she's not having it
0: at this point they just want to marry her off to anyone
1: right just be happy about something because she mopes around the house she's Constantly. emo emo emo
0: emo 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 except with horses except and she does love her half-brother she
1: is a horse girl
0: she is a horse girl
1: she loves them horses um <laughs> and Honestly, just thinks about how sad she is that she's not in America anymore, and her father is dead. Yeah. And her father died in what sounds like an accident. We get to more to that later. Mm-hmm. And so she's just like, "My dad was the best," and then we left, and America's the best, and then we left, and it was like, I don't know. Honestly, America's not great right now. So
0: <laughs> also, they were like, he was a he was a doctor, right? A lawyer, a lawyer. But like, they were like way out there. Oh yeah, in the barely settled West.
1: Uh, not, and, I mean, like not. They were in the south.
0: They were in Virginia, we West get, Virginia. Yeah. One of those, but like at a time when, and there was no, like they were way post, out in the post- Civil War. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I don't know,
1: but they were they were
0: they it's were like pre World
1: War One. They were way like out World War One.
0: And like they were miles from a tiny town, yes, kind yeah, yeah. of thing. They were yeah, still yeah, on yeah. the boonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they That's were
1: somewhere I, in America. They were
0: somewhere. <laughs> Life was hard in the 20s. Well,
1: no, but it's important because the mothers, the mother married the father, like, Laura's father, uh, because she fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. And he was brash, and he was, like, wanted to change the world, and he was the bad boy. So she married the bad boy. And she
0: came from money.
1: And she came from a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. She came from people who were former plantation owners. Yeah,
0: the southern aristocracy. So,
1: um, and were racist as fuck. Yep. And he was an attorney for black people. Mm-hmm. So they hated that and
0: other and immigrants
1: and immigrants. Oh, yeah. It was,
0: because he he's from Scotland. Right. And this, so this book, needs but of course, to he didn't that. have to deal with it a lot because he's white. But yeah, he had, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. So and then the mother obviously regretted marrying mm-hmm. the poor bad boy. And was perfectly happy to marry the rich, nice guy now. For so many reasons. Yeah. And then get the fuck out of America. Yep. Which she was also happy to do. So now here's Laura being emo as fuck about all the things.
0: And the stepdad is
1: so nice. He's the nicest man. He's so and he's nice. he's nice right away. Like in the book. He's just like... and laura how are you and she's like whatever i'm fine leave me
0: alone talk to me you're not my dad and
1: he's like "Mm mm-hmm. got it we'll Mm -hmm. do okay
0: i will continue to give you space
1: sorry you know whenever whenever you're ready i'm here (laughs) i don't care where you are got it got it cool so and then Uh, and the mother was like oh laura you have to get married to somebody and stop showing your ankles like that
0: kind of thing and at this point, of course, all the all the like aristocrats her age hate her and there's the mean girl and Yeah. Um
1: Yeah, there's lots of mean girls Sibyl. who are mean. Sybil. Sybil, like right away is like, Oh, stupid American. She's poor and stupid. She's poor and stupid. Look oh. at everybody. Look at the poor stupid American. Oh. Which is fucking hilarious to me. Yeah. Um so they're trying to hook her up with all these guys and she hates all of them. But then one day the the stepdad's new accountant stops by. Mm -hmm. And Graham is a hot Scot. Yep. So immediately our girl likes him because he's Scottish.
0: Because she's replacing her dead father with a romantic relationship.
1: Absolutely.
0: I always hate that. It's so gross to me. But... Graham was really nice.
1: Graham is very nice, he's a really very nice guy. smart. He very woos her in Scots
0: Gaelic. And, oh, oh
1: yeah, so like, and immediately they have an instant connection mm-hmm. that she's never had with like other people.
0: Mm-hmm. They talk about books. Yep. Yeah.
1: They can talk about horses too. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. good on a horse. Yes. I mean, all there. There's a lot of good reasons to like Graham. Yes. And so, and he is immediately like, "Oh, I can see how you hate it here." And she's like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> and and he's like, "I've had family troubles too," and you, and she's like,
0: "And I was in the war."
1: And I was in the war. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but I'm here." He's like, "I appreciate that about you. Thanks. Thanks." Same day, she meets Graham. <laughs> um, she, oh, oh, she goes to a party. Uh huh. And at said party. When escaping said party, because she hates it.
0: Because Sybil was mean to her.
1: Because Sybil was mean to her. Sybil was soup's mean, and Sybil is engaged to Archie Harvey. Harvey, some douche <laughs> who's a totes douche.
0: Douche, oh. absolute douche. Yeah,
1: wait till you.
0: Just you wait, just my you friend. wait.
1: The douchiness. So, so these two douches are engaged to each other, um, <laughs> and. Our girl feels really sad about it. She escapes to another room wherein she comes upon a woman she's never met before who was like, you don't seem to belong here. She's like, you don't seem to belong here. And they're like, best friends forever? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> At which point, the second girl is like, what it was my name? Sarah. 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 Sarah's like, hey, my name's Sarah. Let's go to a bar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she, and um, Laura had overheard her talking with Harvey. Right. And she's like, Oh yeah, I sell him cocaine.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. He's
0: like she's like And Laura's oh. like, Oh, does Sybil know? And Sarah's like, Yeah, probably, but do you want the real dirt? Come meet me at this bar later.
1: Yeah, so she goes to the bar, which is also kind of a brothel, and she's mm-hmm. like, That's the guy that's the girl he also fucks. And yeah, they're like he
0: visits he visits a sex worker regularly. And there's one point too, I really appreciated this that Laura was like, Ooh, ooh, sex workers. And Sarah's like I mean, everybody's got to make money, and you got to be really brave to do that. was like, yep, "You're got it. right. You I <laughs> never thought of it that way. You're right.
1: Thank you. I've changed my mind."
0: And then we meet the sex worker. She's lovely. Oh,
1: she's a, she's a delight. She's cute.
0: You know, I
1: mean, she's a little bit in love with Harvey, which mm, sad face. But. Yeah,
0: and I'm sure he he did the thing of like, "Oh, I'll I'll leave my fiance for you or whatever, whatever." Yeah. sort of like strung her along. Yeah. And, mm.
1: So probably so he could get a discount.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And uh, it worked, but so now we're at this bar, which is on the bad side of town, mm-hmm. and in walks Sarah's brother, Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy, who's the bad boy? So now mm-hmm. we've had the good boy, who's mm-hmm. Graham, and mm-hmm. then we have the bad boy, goy. goy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they are goy. They They're are goyim.
1: goy. Good Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Those white claws like are sneaking up on you.
1: <laughs>
0: you got the claw. You
1: got claw. <laughs> but what you need? So she's got the good boy and the bad boy. The good boy and the bad boy. <laughs> um, and I would have to say that uh, Jeremy is directly the lead from Peaky Blinders. Like uh, I've
0: never seen it. Oh,
1: it's very much. It is also. 1920s except London and it's all like this crime family mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, the lead is soups hot, very angsty, <laughs> into horses. Uh-huh. So I'm positive this is like a little bit of fanfic.
0: Sure, sure, sure.
1: Which is fine which because is fine. I was in that mindset so it's okay.
0: And the thing is that I really like about him yeah so he's he and Sarah are part of this crime family in Birmingham and he's the bad boy not because he's an asshole or does all the things that bad boys do he's actually very nice person oh yeah but he's just caught up in this crime family and being with him is very dangerous and he flat out tells laura he's like this isn't ever gonna happen like i think you're hot this isn't ever gonna happen because you come from money and i come from this crime family and it's exceedingly dangerous yep but you're real pretty
1: Oh my Can God. I get you a horse? And they're like immediately attracted to each mm-hmm. other. Except he's mm-hmm. attracted to her in that way that it's like that you got to love a bad boy for being attracted to you. So the good boy is like, oh my God, you're so pretty and attractive. And then we're going to talk for a long time. The bad boy is like, you're hot. What does that mean to me? Nothing. I'm lo- I'm going into the other room and we won't see each other for a while, but you won't stop thinking about me. And you're like, yes, no. I'm doing that. <laughs> Ah, feels yeah no it was great yep Yep. and she's like oh i hate that jeremy why am i still thinking about him girl you don't even know
0: you don't even know
1: um so yeah so then ensues like these two lives one she's living where she's kind of crimey yeah yeah (laughs) but okay her plan so sarah is like so you hate that bitch sybil should we do something to get back and she's like yes (laughs) so they have the the sex worker write harvey a note
0: mm-hmm.
1: on when th- this was this threw me off a little bit on the bar's letterhead and i was like they don't have a fucking letterhead give me a goddamn break what? but whatever or on their napkins and they were printed napkins with the name of the bar on it something and i was still like no no well, I, I um uh, not in the bad part of town of the nineteen twenties where it's also a brothel. No, that's no, not happening. But I
0: mean like it was a quote hotel, wasn't it? So that the so that the
1: possibly. S- I still think it was too much. Yeah, sure. It sure, doesn't sure, really it matter. It doesn't
0: really matter. So
1: they have her write Harvey a note that's like, Come see me after I can't get you off my mind or something and sex worker who now is completely in on what's happening with Harvey is like, That son of a bitch, I'll do whatever. So she writes the note, hearts and kisses, whatever. And so then our girl Laura has to slip it into Harvey's like
0: coat, coat pocket. or
1: something but she also wants this to be public. So what she's she's so they're going to do a thing. So at the next party <laughs>
0: That's right. I've heard oh yeah.
1: At the next party, she slips it in the coat and then there's some sort of kerfuffle. I don't really quite remember. And then so she ends up with the note back but in a public way so it looks like she accidentally got it.
0: So that it fell out of his coat pocket. Right.
1: And and she's like, "Oh, what is this?" all very publicly. So at this party at the ball, she's they cause a kerfuffle so that he has to she can plant the note but also have it out in public. So then he She announces, "Like, what is this note, Harvey?" And then, and then Sybil sees it. It's all a thing. So Mm -hmm. now she thinks she's broken off the engagement. In a way, she sort of feels like she's embarrassed Sybil, Mm -hmm. but she's also saved her from a bad marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she feels good about herself,
0: right? She's like, as much as I don't like Sybil, I don't think she should be married to a coke addict who frequents brothels,
1: right? Fair. Yeah. But she's also real happy to embarrass Sybil publicly.
0: Yeah, because Sybil's a bitch.
1: Which also happens. Yeah. So, but then things take a turn. Oh, no. For the douche.
0: Uh
1: (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Oh. (sighs) oh <sighs> thank you oats and gar uh garfunkel and oats oh okay. that's where that song comes from everybody should look that up garfunkel and oats turn for the douche so then uh we get into a back room and harvey figures out what's going on and he's pissed about it and at that point sarah's also there because sarah's like being helpful in this <laughs> endeavor the best. um there's a struggle harvey's gonna kill sarah because they think sarah is the one that's like in charge of all this and then our girl laura has to break it up and then he almost kills laura mm-hmm. like he's strangling her and
0: all of this is after the sex worker showed up dead
1: oh my god that's right yes, hey, i'm I, sorry i skipped a yeah part.
0: i think her name was evelyn the sex worker
1: right she ends oh, up dead oh my god and they're
0: like and, and they're like, oh, that's sad. I mean, like, that happens, but, but it was she obviously was obviously... Harvey. Blah, blah. And Laura's like, no, my God, it was Harvey. Right. And they're like, ha So then that's part of they concoct this plan. Right. To, like, Jeremy and the brothers are going to rough him up a little bit to teach him a lesson.
1: Right. But then, like, Sarah and Laura gets caught up in it. And then the brother shows up and he yeah. kills Harvey. Yeah. Because Harvey they have to was, dump the body and they're going to blame it on the Italian mob. Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> Harvey was, like strangling Laura, right? Yeah. Because he he confessed, like, oh, who the fuck cares about a prostitute? I can do whatever I want. You ruined my life. You ruined my life. Because I'm a straight white guy with privilege, so I don't need to take responsibility for anything. Um, And then, like, something happened that the brothers didn't show up on time, and to save Laura's life, Jeremy shoots Harvey in the head. And bits of his blood and brain get all over Laura. And at this point in the book, we're like, "Oh, obviously she's going to be with Jeremy," and then that happens, and we're like, "She should not be with Jeremy." And she realizes, "It's just like I don't want to be murdered by accident. I shouldn't be with this guy."
1: And Jeremy's also like, "Yeah, see, I told you, we should not be together." Um, and and now she has to go through her regular life as mm-hmm. if she didn't have blood and brains on her the night before, unless
0: she wasn't as if she wasn't accessory to a murder.
1: Um, and it is hard. Yep. It is a struggle. And
0: the whole time Graham's like, Are you alright? She's like, I'm worried.
1: And she's like, Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. I'm just freaking out internally, so no worries. No worries, don't worry about it.
0: And then he has a secret that he won't tell her. And she gets all pissy that he won't tell her.
1: Yeah, that was real weird.
0: That was real weird.
1: Like and his secret is pretty much just that he has PTSD. He has
0: PTSD, but because it's the twenties, nobody understands or cares.
1: Right. And he doesn't want to tell her that. But she would get it by now. Right. And the thing, too, she's like, I
0: she confides in George, her stepdad. Like, I can't believe he won't tell me. And George is like, you have to let him tell you when he's ready. And she's like, fine, I guess. No, he's right. But I'm still so frustrated about it. Also, I was wearing brains earlier.
1: Right. And then oh, some of the crime saying. stuff she's doing is helping Jeremy, like, fix horse races. So,
0: Oh, that's right. She was spying on so the... she was spying on, on different yeah.
1: horse things. like Because she in. knows
0: all the people in the county who own horses. Right.
1: So she can go and ask questions and they'll answer her because she's just some lady. And so she asks George, she's like, I'm thinking about buying a horse. Could you take me around? And he's like, I love horses. I would buy you how many of her horses you wanted because I want to buy your love. So yeah. Can we, so yeah.
0: Let's do, let's let's go do buy this. Horses. Let's do this together. And
1: then she's in the car with him and she's like, oh, George isn't too bad. And the,
0: we the readers are like, yeah. we know
1: and George looks at her and he's like, you know, I, I just want you to know, I know you're not happy here. And she goes, oh, you reckon that you've seen that? And he's like, but I know that you will find happiness because you are a strong, good person. And so I know you're not happy now, but you will be happy. And it's just like, because George is a good
0: person. Right. But then, of course, narratively, that's right at the moment where she's like, Hiding a murder. Right.
1: But I did appreciate, like, in her mind, she's like, okay, so I think the thing is I've been all wrong about a lot of things having to do with George, but I've been wrong for so long. I also recognize I'm not quite ready to Mm -hmm. fix that about myself yet.
0: And I realize I'm wrong about George and by extension, my mother. So let's try and do something about that.
1: And she does. She does reach out to her mother to try to, like, bridge the gap. And that goes... It blows up in her face.
0: Yeah. Because
1: her mother is kind of the worst. Yeah. For a little while. But so now now she's got this hot and heavy thing going on with Jeremy where it's like, uh, do, don't do. Do, don't do. Like, like must, can't. Mm -hmm. And it's back and forth. And they're caught up in murders. And he knows everything about her life. And every time she's with... Graham she's completely in love with Graham when she's with him mm-hmm. and
0: it's quite obvious that he's getting ready to propose to her
1: right and then he does propose mm-hmm. and, then
0: and then she says yes
1: she does say yes and she means it when she says it. yeah
0: because at this point she's like I can't deal with Jeremy The Italians are involved now. I just, like, I want to miss Sarah, obviously. Also, at this point, she's she's met Jeremy's mother, the matriarch of the crime family, Vera. Vera was not friendly to her, so she's like, I don't. Everyone's like, you don't belong here, posh. She's like, okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I love Graham. And, like, she kept talking about how she'd still have to, like, be part of society. And I'm just like, you're married to an accountant. Nobody gives a shit about you anymore. Yeah, she
1: kept saying that. I was like, uh, he's not a part of society.
0: No, because she has... The, because George has a son, her younger brother. He's going to inherit everything. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about Laura anymore.
1: Right. So that Anyway, was,
0: But that it, was- it's also, like, she felt like she was betraying the... Uh, memory of her father by choosing to like stay in England.
1: Yeah, and that as
0: opposed to work. Uh, that working was the to, worst.
1: I didn't understand that at all. And then very oh, conveniently sorry. near the end, we find out that Jeremy and his family are planning on moving back to America. To New York. Oh well not they're not moving back. Like that they're, they're,
0: they're moving they're to,
1: immigrating. They're
0: immigrating. <laughs> I did appreciate that when she was having the heart to heart with George, he's like, Oh I know you want to go back to America. I'm surprised you haven't done that yet. And she's like yeah. What? Why haven't, yeah, why haven't I done that yet? I was
1: pissed about that section because I was like, because she just turned 18? What exactly was she supposed to do this? <laughs> like, at what point, at 16, she's like, screw you all, I'm taking 100 pounds and moving back on my own? What the well, fuck? Yeah. I guess she could move back in with her Southern family, but she hated them. Yeah. Or had strange feelings. Anyway. Anyway. Like, I didn't, like, the attraction to America, like, I, uh, like... I understand the love of home country and feeling like an alien in another, but she didn't talk about America in such a way so that it felt like that was her home. It was just an opposite of where she was. It was,
0: It was, yeah, it was just a place where she was happy with her father.
1: As a child.
0: As a child. And I did appreciate, too, when she was, like, when she made the decision to, to go with Jeremy's family to New York, that she's like, I hope... I, ho- I mean, like, it's been a long time, and also I was living in, like, rural Virginia. New York City is a very different place. I hope I'm actually happy there. I hope that it, like, lives up to what I've built America up to be in my well, head. book one, so who knows? So who knows?
1: Uh, honestly, probably not.
0: But I did appreciate that she was, she had the self-awareness to be like, this may be a mistake. And then she had the moment with her mother, which is like, oh my god, I'm choosing the adventure just like my mother did that's why my mom didn't want me to do this because she regretted it. And she didn't want me to regret my life choices.
1: Oh, she does care about me. Shit. Yeah. So, and that's when we get to like the, will I won't I with the two men. And so then it's like, becomes, it's really obvious. Like, like she plays it to the wire. Like, you do not know which guy she's going to pick
0: mm-hmm. for
1: a really long time. But then you're pretty sure, oh, she's meant to be with Jeremy. She's just going to pick the Scotsman. Yeah. And then you're like, which means, you know, it's a romance. So she's going to go run after Jeremy, which she does. Mm-hmm. And so everybody, she picks Jeremy. Sorry, if you are if you hate spoilers, <laughs> this is like the not, The wrong
0: podcast. This uh,
1: The wrong podcast. But this is also not the book that, like, you wouldn't <laughs> want this to be spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And s- sucks to be you. Yeah. But, um...
0: And I like the scene too with Graham when she calls off the engagement, and it's something she's like, "Oh, he's like, there's someone else," and she's like, "Yeah," and he's taking me to New York. I never could, I never could have asked you to do that. And he's like, "Yes, you could have, yeah. but you didn't."
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, there was definitely. He, he's like, and and you didn't talk to me about so many things, mm-hmm. and the fact that there was even this other man, and he's like, "Did this other man know about me?" It's, yeah, he did. Like, Jeremy knew everything about mm-hmm. her life. Everything. And Graham knew a section of it. And he was absolutely the nice type of man. Maybe in the next book, because they're not married, maybe in the next book he seeks her out in New York. Maybe. And we continue this well, triangle.
0: Yeah, <laughs> triangle. Yeah. I wish it had been between Graham and Sarah. <laughs> Sarah's great. She's the the youngest... Sibling of the crime family, she got Moxie. Mm-hmm. She's great. I love her.
1: I, I really enjoyed this book. I did too. I really had a good time reading mm-hmm. it. I love a good love triangle where, yeah. uh, where everybody's equals. Where you, yes, like you said, like there's no obvious choice, and that you can really root for somebody.
0: Yeah, because for for me my feelings on most love triangles, it's like the guy that she's meant to be with and the guy who's the opposite of that. And the only reason she's attracted to him is because he's the opposite of that. And there's nothing about him as a person that's attractive to her. Whereas Jeremy was like a nice person and he had qualities that she really admired. Like he wants to take care of his family and family is very important to him. And like that's something that she wants and she wants to be loved by someone like that. And it's just like, oh yeah, like both of these men have something that she's looking for, mm-hmm. and it was a hard choice. Yeah,
1: um, and I would, I would also say like, um, as much as I said, I did, you know, I felt like she was emo or whiny or whatever. I also don't feel like it was wrong. Like it felt like an author's authorial character choice, mm-hmm. and they the character was consistent, and that mm-hmm. was the character. So like i'm not gonna say that was wrong either I, I actually think like uh the choice was a strong one and the author went with it and it is good to see a character change mm-hmm. and she did and she changed and so that was that was delightful yeah so i enjoyed it yeah that was that book
0: Was that book
1: it was that book okay claire yay yes.
0: are you ready to play fuck Mary, kill i am great do you want to go first or should i go first
1: oh you go first
0: okay great Claire. Yes. Fuck, Mary, Kill. Uh-huh. Sarah.
1: Uh-huh. The
0: young daughter of the crime family. Yes, yes. Catherine.
1: Uh-huh. The brass
0: American with the bobbed hair. Or George, Laura's stepfather.
1: Oh, wow. That's interesting. Um, oh, I'm marrying George. Okay. Because, yeah, I'd be with him forever. He sounds very nice. He's sure. very rich. It sounds like he's a little bit handsome. Like, like even she thought, Laura thought i get it
0: yeah yeah when we see the the scene where she's first introduced to him and it's like oh i see why mom's buzzing around this guy yeah he's rich and good looking
1: yeah she gets it so you know yeah i'm gonna marry him oh oh goodness oh you know i oh ah Okay, no, I'm, I have to fuck Catherine, because one, she seems to know what she's doing. Yeah. Two, she's great. She just seems like a great person. Yeah. Like, really. I, I'm i going to kill Sarah, but not because I want to.
0: No, because you have to, sadly.
1: Because, uh, sadly, that is the way the game is played. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. That's, she's great. I love oh, Sarah. Oh, she's great.
0: Um, I would... Hmm. I would marry Catherine.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um... Just, like, living in a cute little flat in London, being queer with queer friends. Like, that's enough for me.
1: Yeah.
0: As much as I normally want the big manor house in the country. Um, And I think I would fuck George and, like, get a horse out of it, maybe. (laughs) 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 Or, like, that would lead to us, like, co-ordering a horse that we race. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it would just be more than sex.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But that's not a reason to have sex with people. But he also seems very nice and handsome, so I, I'm okay with it. Um, and then I would kill Sarah, but be so sad about so
1: sad, it. So sad, so
0: sad. Oh. Uh, what about you?
1: Oh, okay. So, um... Fuck, Mary, kill. Yes? The bad boy. Uh-huh. The good boy. Uh-huh. The helper boy.
0: Okay.
1: Because the helper boys, like we, there's more than a few. Like throughout these, both of these yeah, books, yeah, they
0: all sneak the main girl out of the house yep. to go see jazz and
1: are worried. <laughs> yes, and, and are very nice. Are very nice mm-hmm. and, um, like, are aware, but mm-hmm. don't rat you out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And will also sometimes comfort you when things go a little bit awry with yeah. your bad boy.
0: I think I'm going to marry the good boy because uh-huh. that's what I need in my life. Uh-huh. I'm going to fuck the helper boy because uh-huh. like a cute stable lad or something yeah. or the chauffeur. Oh,
1: yeah. oh the um, chauffeur.
0: Toby was his name in Across the Formidable Sea. Also, oh, can we talk about how great a title Across the Formidable Sea is? It's a
1: great title. Such a
0: great title. It's a great title. The chauffeur was Toby who like sort of had a thing with Sarah, but he... Was like, he, he sounded really cute. He was also like a confidant for Laura. And, uh, right. Yeah. So I'm going to fuck the helper boy. Probably in the expensive car. Oh, yeah. Not in the stables. No. No. Um, and then we're going to kill the bad boy. Because I really enjoyed Jeremy as a character. But more often than not, the quote bad boy is a dick. But because he's attractive and eschews society's rules, that's forgiven for some reason. And I don't agree with that at all
1: fair um but i'm going to fuck the bad boy i
0: knew you would
1: i mean i'm just gonna dig right into that (laughs) he's gonna be a little bit mean to me in a safe way that's a fantasy sure because that's what this is (laughs) and uh i'm gonna marry the helper guy okay because honestly like The helper guy always kind of knows what you need. Mm -hmm. Like, is he your conscience for the night? Is he bringing you water when you're hungover? He's great.
0: Is he driving you to seedy bars in Birmingham? Yeah,
1: so he can... Is he
0: passing you love notes from your lover?
1: Yeah, he can be antisocial or, like, anti-authoritarian, I want to say. And he can be genuinely, like, and he cares about what you need. He's happy to speak his mind to tell you like to call you on your bullshit, but be kind about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Helper guy like Mary helper guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fuck the bad boy. And I'm going to kill the good guy. If only because like I don't know where he stands all the time. I don't know what kind of good he is. I don't know what side of good he's on. Right. Like, is it my side of good or is it the side of good that society's side of good?
0: that's the, yeah. And when you say the, the good boy in my head, that's like, like a Graham who is genuinely nice. And yeah, he may be what society wants, but like, there's a reason why society wants somebody to have these admirable qualities. Sure. As opposed to like Harvey is what society wants. But he's a douche nozzle. Yes. So. And of all the characters?
1: Um, all the characters. I'm sorry. I do love Jeremy. I knew she was going to go for Jeremy right away. (laughs) And, like, I was like, yes. It's fine. No, I love a Jeremy character. Mm -hmm. Like, honest to God. Like, I love Jeremy. So I'm. But I'm only going to fuck him. That's fair. Because that's a. But it's a bad plan.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a
1: lot of bad plans in this book, and that's a bad plan. I would definitely, definitely, definitely marry Catherine Graham. That. You, you can't. I'm doing it! You can't. No, we're going to have a throuple, and it's going to be lovely. Okay. We're going to have fun. We're going to go out dancing, and then we're going to sit quietly and read and do art. Ugh. <laughs> we're going to have a little bit of money and a lot of love of the countryside okay and we're gonna wear red lipstick all of us
0: i call <laughs> i call this cheating but whatever it's your show as much well, as it sometimes is mine. it so. is you cheat when have i ever cheated
1: on un- on un- uh, i won't say but you have Because <laughs> you
0: can't think of it an- that's
1: not true okay. oh i can we have the tapes
0: <laughs> we have the digital tapes indeed okay
1: i won't call you out on it all right and I'm going to kill... I'm going to kill the idea of America being great once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, So here's for, the... Th- for
1: unknown reasons. So here's I'm not th- even going to explain. If,
0: here's the thing. <laughs> if you are rich... And straight, and of the ethnic majority of that country, every country's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, mm. meh. 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 Okay. <laughs> I'm um,
1: sorry, I cheated.
0: No, you're not. No.
1: That's fine. <laughs> um,
0: so, I'm going to fuck Catherine.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I think it's going to start with us going to a jazz club.
1: Oh, fun times.
0: It's going to be so much fun. Um, I'm going to marry Graham. Because he was nice and Scottish,
1: he did have red hair,
0: and he did have red hair. <laughs> it
1: was so cute.
0: Um, and then I'm going to kill Harvey, which is fine. Oh, because it happens.
1: Oh, Harvey,
0: and he's a garbage person.
1: He, he is a garbage person, and it, it is fine to do cocaine, but he's obviously an addict, right? Who and it's it's selfish and puts other people in danger for his habit.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: He also murdered a sex worker.
0: He also murdered someone, yeah. 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 So, fuck that guy. Fuck uh, that guy. And the books? Oh.
1: Uh, I am going to fuck the formidable sea. Mm-hmm. With joy. Yes. And I am going to... I'm gonna marry... Uh. I'm gonna marry How to Talk to Nice English Girls. Oh. Also um, a good title, honestly.
0: It is a good title.
1: I'm going to marry it. I, I really liked it. I actually yeah. do kind of want to read it again.
0: I cannot wait for this author's second, third, and fourth books. Because I imagine that they're going to get...
1: I think they... Yeah, they are only going to get better. She's
0: going to grow so much as an author. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to fuck across the formidable sea. Um... I don't know if I'm quite ready to marry How to Talk to Nice English Girls. Because once they got together... See, if once they got together, there was, like, a murder or a mafioso or something to, like, propel the, the book through to the end, then I would marry it. Yeah. It's, they're just For me, there needed to be one more external conflict. Other than her convincing her dad to let her take Catherine around Europe... Which, sure, that's interesting, but it, like that—that that can't be the climactic action.
1: Yeah, I mean, like what? Yeah, it just—it didn't quite wrap it up right. But the scene in the grass.
0: The scene in the grass. Some of this language—it's—it's uh, yeah. it's amazing. It's wonderful. I—I want to date it for a very long time. Oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, good. yeah. And yeah. I cannot wait to see more by this writer. By this writer.
1: Great. Well. Oh. Should we talk about what's next? Yes, it's time yes. for our favorite game,
0: <gasps> Christine, Christine. Yes. 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 All right, so I picked the books for next time. You'll probably be able to figure it out pretty soon. You
1: say that every time. Okay. okay. <laughs> I didn't even get the one that we just talked about the authors. It's It's fine.
0: <laughs> okay, so the first book is... Wolf Signs, Granite Lake Wolves, Book One by Vivian Arend, I'll say her name is. And the other one is The Midnight Hunt by L.L. L. Rand. Werewolves. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, The Midnight Hunt, Midnight Hunters, Book One nice. by L.L. L. Rand. Yeah, we're doing werewolves. This is the only
1: time I've ever gotten Yes! I'm so excited. <laughs>
0: Did you assume. You assumed Claire that it was werewolves. Oh correct? Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, like from like the wolf
0: signs. Wolf signs. I, I mean, like, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm excited because the queer one that I picked is lesbian werewolves.
1: Yay! Ah! Yeah.
0: And I'm excited. Um, wolf signs. That's the straight one, but the female lead is deaf, and we've not had a deaf oh, character before.
1: Interesting. So I'm really excited about that. I have a lesbian werewolf T-shirt. I will wear on the day.
0: Do you? I do. Have I ever seen it? No, it's new. Oh, I'm so excited. Being
1: werewolves. Ooh. Okay. Okay, great.
0: So, thank you, Claire. Good.
1: Thank you, Neil.
0: Thanks, Christine. Thank
1: you, thank you Christine. <sighs>
0: thank you, authors.
1: Thank you, authors.
0: Thank you, listeners. Thank you,
1: uh, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> fuck can i just say how angry i am that we are those hipsters i
0: know but it's good
1: it wasn't terrible i'm gonna drink some more
0: anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh please if you like what we do tell your friends spread the word
1: yeah we're on we're on one of the socials you have to guess which one (laughs) No, we're on Twitter. That's so
0: good for branding like <laughs> and market Look, outreach. Let
1: it never be said that Claire Rice is not good at branding. <laughs> uh, no, we're on Twitter, uh, and yeah, um, again, I think if you haven't listened to the to our last show or an earlier show uh, where we talked about RWA, like you also know that sooner or later we'll be getting up a Patreon, and we're looking forward to that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And keep your ear out for live events that are coming up.
0: So, I guess that's all we have to say, except... Except... Keep fucking...